Everybody stretch your arms out. Here's a big old hug. Sometimes I can't get to all of you, but it don't mean I don't want to hug you. Like, church is a breath of fresh air. Because you, you come in and all the gifts that are here, they begin to pour into your life. And I don't know what kind of week you had, but it's good to come into the house of the Lord and to be refreshed. It's, it's okay if you come in and you're battle scarred because that's called life, right? But the church should be the safest place that you enter into. You shouldn't have to come into church and battle. Right? We, we shouldn't have to face criticisms or judgments. There's enough judgment out in the world. Come on, say amen. I settled a long time ago that people who come to church are really screwed up. Right? That's why you feel so comfortable here. Because everybody is screwed up. In one way or another. Like, if you don't believe you're screwed up, you're really screwed up. Ain't that true? So, all of us are trying to get to a place in God. Isn't that right? We're, we're trying to reach a place. And... And it's a beautiful thing to know that God will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. I'll say that again. That's a, that's a beautiful thing. I've had a lot of people come and go in my life. I've had a lot of people that told me that they loved me. Loved me with all their heart. Make them mad one time. Wow, don't see them no more. Right? That's a bad friendship. Because real love is tested. Right? It's okay if you can love me when I'm always right, but can you love me when I'm wrong? Can you love me when I have a bad day? Right? Can you love me if I send something out on Twitter I shouldn't send? Which ain't going to happen because I don't have a Twitter account. It wouldn't be good for me to have a Twitter account. I'd be famous. I don't want to be that famous. Right? God is good, is he not? And I, I want you to know that you are welcome in the house of the Lord. You know, no matter where you come from, what walk of life you come from, I, I believe that, that God is doing something when he begins to create an atmosphere where people can come together in one mind and one accord to accomplish something great for God. Right? And so I love all the color. Right? But we're all saved by the same blood. Right? I can never understand people who have a Christian mindset that are racist. I can't. I, I can't understand that mindset. Because we, we know that Jesus broke down the barriers of racism. You don't get no more racist than Jews. Are you understanding? That's true. And, and Jesus began to break down those walls of petition between 
them and the Samaritans, the, them and the Greeks, the Romans. You know, Jesus healed the Romans. He healed the Samaritans. He healed all the people that Jonah refused to minister to. Right? We serve a great God. Look, Jesus was the first one to liberate the woman. Right? See, back in the day, see, where the women didn't have any rights, no voice at all, Jesus was the first person to ever give a woman her voice. And when all the men were hiding, it was the love of a woman that he had ministered to that he said, go and tell. And listen, if you want something told, tell a woman. Don't you run up here. Father, thank you so much. We're here. We're gathered in your honor. Thank you for helping us today. We, we know that this building is not you. I doubt you were even in this building before we got here. If we don't bring you in, you ain't here. I thank you, Father, that the Spirit of God doesn't dwell in temples made by hands. But that your presence resides deep inside of each and every one of us. So I thank you, Father, as we're gathered here in your name. Let your anointing break yokes and barriers. God, deliver and set free. Open up our eyes and our ears and give us passion for purpose. I ask it in the wonderful, beautiful name of Jesus. Father, let your presence be a healing presence today. Father, we ask that you stir up the gifts of miracles and healings. We, we ask, Father, that you open up eyes and that you give wisdom where wisdom is needed. We, we rest and we are assured, Father, in our faith. And we love you this morning. We thank you for your presence being here. Smile at somebody before you sit down and just give them a great big old grin and tell them it's good to see you in the house of the Lord. You can be seated. When you call something abnormal, I want you to hear me today. And we're going to recap just a moment, but I'm going to get into it. But I can't hardly see. Well, I didn't know y'all were that pretty. Lord, so wow. Okay. It ain't helping. Hold on a second. <laughs> when you call something abnormal that is actually normal, and then you medically try to fix that person by giving them a pill. Listen to me. And that pill, last week you saw, it has unbelievable side effects and has warning labels that clearly define how dangerous that drug is. And you take that medicine to treat something that is normal that you define as abnormal. The end result is this. 
That which was normal has become abnormal and becomes untreatable because you can't fix what is normal because there was nothing wrong with it in the first place. Did I lose you? See, all these emotions God gave us are from him. We were created after his likeness, after his image. So anger is a part of God. Well, read your Bible. Jesus looked on them with anger, right? Put together a whip and put some jujitsu on them Sadducees. Right? Turn the tables over. I mean, you can't turn tables over and be nice about it. Right? He was chunking stuff, running people out. So we know that God is jealous. The Bible says, I'm the Lord God, I'm a jealous God. Right? So jealousy is in itself not abnormal. It's not an abnormal thing. So we, we know that these emotions God placed inside of us because we're to be like him. We're created after his likeness, after his image. Now, some of y'all had carried that to an extreme. Riding down the road and giving people gestures. Right? And so there's balances to that. I'm not going to... Recap, uh, I know Drew has everything on tape and all like that, but I've had a tremendous amount of response from you guys, so I hope you are enjoying these lessons. So, all these emotions, everybody say emotions. This is what defines us. This is what helps us and gives us our own characteristics. Now, I've had people say that, you know, that deal with emotions out of balance that this is the way I've always been, it's the way I'm always going to be. Do you know that God is greater than your emotions? Amen. Say amen. So let's look at John 7, verse 38. It says, whoever believes in me as the scriptures has said, now say this with me, rivers of living water will flow from within them. So I, I told you last week, being in Mexico, you know, nine days. Whew. I mean, elevation's high, beans and rice, beans and rice. Man, they might put me in convulsions, right? Cecilia, bless her sweetheart, she, she gave me a concoction. I don't know what it was. I know it was some type of red wine, and, and, and hallelujah, right? But... When you have no flow in life, how I many you know that that can make you miserable? Right? So it's also very, very dangerous. And so I want you to know there is a fleshly flow and there is a spiritual flow. And you cannot treat a spiritual flow with something that is in the natural. Right? And so one of the hardest things for Christians to learn is to begin to walk in the spirit. That it's not just a cliche, it's something that we actually do. Walking in the spirit is a powerful thing, but it should not make you fruity. I mean, you know, fruity people. Their heads are in the clouds, right? You know, 
It scares the bejeebies out of me when somebody says, I talked to Jesus. That scares me. You know what I mean? That's very, very scary. When, when, when people say stuff like, Father God, it's like, it's weird to me. I know that there, something's wrong with them. When, when, when I walk up to preachers and they give me all that preacher language, I, I just want to tell them, chill, dude. Like, I'm happy in the Lord today, my brother. God bless you. How are you in Jesus today? Who talks like that? <laughs> who, who honestly talks like that? Right? That gets on my nerves, you know. And, and I, I don't know. I just find myself not talking to them long. Right? And because here's one thing that I know. Jesus was real. He was real. And understanding that, that the consciousness of flow, say flow. Jesus said, out of your belly is going to flow. And so it's with that mindset that I, I, I want to talk about uh, this woman. Because Jesus begins to define this woman and, and we'll find it in, in John 4. We'll start with verse 10. Jesus is speaking, in, and the, he's met this woman at the well. We know she's a Samaritan. And Jesus asked her to give him a drink. The woman thought it was kind of strange because she's a Samaritan. She said, yeah, Jews don't have no dealings with Samaritans. Now, say this with me, out of your belly. I, I want you to understand that today that you might have come in natural and Jesus can speak to the natural things in your life but his ultimate goal is to get you to see something in the spiritual realm alright and so here's a woman minding her own business and Jesus is there at the well and asked her for a drink Jesus answered her and said, if you knew the gift of God, now, I, I, I want you to say, if you knew. I want to tell you something. There's something very powerful about if you knew. How many of you have ever entered into a relationship but wish you knew? Huh? Boy, I could preach right there. Look at that. I started something. Right? Don't you wish you would know? Amen. Huh? Have you ever entered into an adventure with someone and wish you knew? Have you ever gone on a trip with another couple? And wish you knew. <laughs> have you ever said, if only I had known, I would have lied and said we were sick. My long lost grandma had died. I'd have made something up and asked for forgiveness. Right? If you knew. Can I tell you that there's a blindness on the world? But if they knew, 
They only knew. <laughs> if, if, they, if they could only see it inside. And let me tell you something. Insight is such a powerful thing in your life. Because you can walk around in this life being blind to your own self and to your own ways. Have you ever met somebody and you kind of look at them and say, wow, if you only knew how you sounded. You only knew how you acted. Look, don't you want to do something about that? It's kind of like you look at them and say, don't you know? That you're <laughs> I was counseling a dude and I'm like, you do understand that you are a donkey. That's not what I said. I said, you're a donkey, dude. I'm like, I mean a first class donkey. And he said, are you calling me a donkey? I said, yes, absolutely. Straight to your face, you're a donkey, dude. And he just looked at me and said, ain't nobody ever called me a donkey. He said, but I am a donkey, ain't I? I'm like, yes, you are. You're a donkey. He's like, okay. And I'm like, but you don't have to stay a donkey. Because for you to go to church and to continue to stay a donkey, there's something wrong either with you or your preacher. Right? And there's nothing wrong with your preacher because your preacher is telling you the truth. Because for me, I don't care whether you got five cents or whether you got $50 million. What good is money if I ain't breathing? Right? If the Lord controls, he, he holds our life, what good is money? You can offer me all the money in the world, but if God decides not to let me live, what good is money? I would rather live and be poor than be rich and be on the hit list. Are you listening to me? So, I don't know about you, but I trust the Lord for everything that I have, right? Listen, I was, I was in love with Jesus when I was living in the project, and I was eating government cheese and paying for my food with food stamps. I bought some lamb last night, praise God. And I'm still in love with the same Jesus because the same Jesus that provided that government cheese is the same Jesus that helped me buy some lamb. No difference. It's just better food. My little girl loves lamb. That's so funny. I, we should have videos of her walking around with lamb chops at two years old, you know. Do you know that God doesn't mind if we have things? He doesn't want things to have us. Right? Because if God supernaturally blesses you, it's not for you. It's always for the kingdom. Right? And listen, we, we need people to be blessed so that we can build the kingdom. Right? So... Understanding that there are two things that the enemy does. Listen to me. He has two goals in every person's life. The number one goal of the enemy is to first and foremost give you something else to worship besides God. 
That's his first tactic. That's his, that's his greatest tactic is to give you something other than God. Because he knows that whatever you worship, that will be where your heart is. Are you listening? Do you know that you can come to church, but the devil can give you something else to worship? Just because you, don't, just because you go to church it does not mean that you actually have, have seen the light. Because culture has dictated that good people go to church. But that doesn't mean that everybody is saved that goes to church. So if he can give you something else to worship, he will while you're going to church. Number two, if he cannot get you to worship something, and in your heart you're going to love the Lord your God no matter what, then what he will do is he will try to destroy your spirit. If he cannot get you to worship something else, then what he will do is he will try to break your spirit. Because he knows that if he can break your spirit, listen, he doesn't care if you're saved. Won't you hear me? As long as you don't have any influence over anyone else's life to help them get saved. See, he'll let you Stay at home, stay in the bed, pull the covers over your head while you love Jesus. He does not care. If he can break your spirit, if he can get you despondent, if he can isolate you and, and keep you out of the house of the Lord, keep you away from people that will speak influence into your life and folks that won't let you get away with just being immature in the Lord, but they will, they will help you to rise up at a different level. He don't want you to be around those kind of people. Mm -mm. Because, see, truth doesn't set you free. Truth makes you free. A big difference. So if he can break your spirit, if he can get you feeling sorry for yourself, then what he will do is he will put you in that bed. He'll put you in that home. He'll isolate you to the extent to where you will become useless for the kingdom of God, all the while loving Jesus with all your heart, but never ever reaching a place of power where you overcome the wicked one. Are you listening? Too much? We're good? So if he can't get you to worship something else, I promise you he will try to break your spirit. Now here's where the ignorance comes in because we've got so many jack-o'-legs out there teaching that if you love the Lord, all your problems are solved, you'll have plenty of money, plenty of honey, everything else is just going to be wonderful. What kind? Where do you ever read that in the Bible? Beloved, think it not strange concerning this fiery trial has come upon you as though something strange has happened unto you. If I didn't have some trouble in my life, I'd check to see if I was saved. I'm like, every time somebody treats me wrong, I look up toward the heavens and say, whoo, I know I'm still saved. <laughs> Be scared when everybody loves you, people. Be scared when you got no trouble in your life. 
Be, be scared when you're not facing any conflict whatsoever. Uh, be, be really, really scared because I want to tell you that all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer some type of persecution. Anybody tells you otherwise just lying to you, they just want your money. Right? Come up here and give me some oil, give me $25, we'll fix it. 29, let's, no, 99, 95 today. We got a full house. Right? No, I've lived long enough to understand that there are some moments in my life where I might not understand. And, and yeah, we all deal with it. But here's one thing that I do know. He will never leave me nor forsake me. And if there's a praise that comes from deep within inside of me, there's a river flowing. It's only when the praise begins to be stopped up and you've lost your ability to believe that, that, that God is powerful enough to, to help you that, that all of a sudden it begins to be stagnant in your life. And this is a place where a lot of Christians have found themselves. And it's not that they don't love God. They just do not know how to, to face the conflict they're facing because everybody tells them that the emotions that they have must be messed up. Pain is pain, people. And when you hurt, you hurt. And you should not make light of someone else's pain. Right? Dude, that girl is crazy as all get out. Man, you ought to be jumping up and down, shouting for joy. That is gone. Too much. But what if you love her? As crazy as she is. What if you love her? Then you got some knucklehead that's pointing a finger at you telling you you ought not feel the way you feel. Hmm? What if you lose something that means so much to you? Huh? What if you've done something that, man, weighs on you? You got friends like Job. When my heart condemns me, God is greater than my heart. When I don't know how to forgive myself, I have a lawyer that will forgive me anyhow. And talk to the judge for me. Right? Sometimes you have to walk through some things. Right? And the last thing on the planet you need is some dumb tail, holier than thou Christian pointing their finger at you telling you how you ought to feel. I feel like slapping you side the head. Right? I tell people all the time, I don't blame you for feeling the way you feel. There's nothing wrong with the way you're feeling. I can understand why you feel the way you feel. But we've got to get past the way you feel. Right? Because feelings... Do not equate obedience. Right? That's catchy. (laughs) Feelings do not mean that you take the word of God and place that below your feelings. 
It's like I tell people that are arguing and going through separation and divorce. If the judge would reward you for how mad you are, you're going to get it all. Right? But the judge don't care how mad you are. The law is the law. Right? Are you listening? And so whatever that law is, that's what's going to be applied. You being mad about it doesn't change the law. Right? What is the enemy offering you to worship? And if he can't offer you something to worship, how is he trying to break you so that you become useless to the kingdom of God? Jesus said to the woman, if you knew the gift of God and who it is. Now, let me tell you. You can go to church for a very, very long time. But when you have an experience with the Lord, it's different. When you know what you know, look at your neighbor and say, I know, I know, I know, I know. Right? Because I, I went to church as a young man. You know? My early years uh, was Catholic school. And, and then we went to a Brimity Baptist. Then we went to a little old country church. I didn't know God, right? There's a difference. You know, ain't it strange that you go to church, don't meet God, but get put in a mental institution, and there he is. <laughs> but if you tell people that you met God in a mental institution, you should have seen that little Asian dude, that little doctor. It's, it's a true story. I ain't going to get it. But he did. He looked at me and said, uh, do you talk to God? <laughs> I said, yeah. He says, does God talk to you? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. He said, do you hear voices? <laughs> I should have played with that dude, you know. Should have messed with him. I messed with the one guy that told me he was Jesus. And he wound up slapping the snot out of me, so... <laughs> He did. He go cocked me, dude. I mean, like, <laughs> I shouldn't have played with him. I should have left his crazy Jesus self alone. That's what I should. <laughs> when, you're, when you're in the middle of the institution and you ain't got nothing better else to do. Because everybody thinks you're crazy. That's why I love you guys so much, because I feel right at home. <laughs> I feel so kindred, <laughs> right? Everybody say crazy, but get crazy. Hmm? <laughs> so Jesus said, hey, give me something to drink. He's opening up something. I want to tell you, sometimes Jesus will open up the door. Give me something to drink. She said, hmm, ain't this strange? He said, if you knew who it was, He'd be asking me and asking me for something to drink. And she takes a look at him and she simply says, well, you ain't even got a bucket. You don't have a bucket. And, and this well is deep. How, how, how you going to get any water? 
I want to tell you that Jesus will set you up to get you to see something that you overlook sometimes. Do you understand that when you live so abnormal for so long that it becomes normal to you and so you never look at yourself to ever get any better because you've already decided that you're normal. So you start allowing things in your life because you've always allowed them in your life and you've started learning to accept those things that you never ever question about anymore and it just becomes your normal. Although it's abnormal, you treat it as though it's normal. Why do you think a woman will allow herself to be treated the way that sometimes she's treated and then all of a sudden she receives that as though it's normal? Why do you think a man will allow? People have this acceptance because if the enemy can't get you to worship something else, he will try to break your spirit or to control your spirit so you settle for less in this life. Are you listening? Are you listening? Can I tell you there is no greater love that you can ever experience than the love of God? Right? And that's one of the things that the enemy is going to try to steal from you. But let me tell you something. When he wraps his arms around you, it's for life. <laughs> I've had lots of people love me and go, yes, I have. And, you know, and I felt the pain of that. But let me tell you something. When he wraps his loving arms around you and you know that no matter what in this life, whatever you are facing, that Jesus is with you. That can give you the encouragement to keep right on going. Now listen, she says, you don't even have a bucket. He said, ask me, I'll give you something to drink. And not only will I give you something to drink, if you drink of this water, you're going to thirst again. But if you drink of the water that I will give you, whoo, you are never going to thirst again. She's like, what? <laughs> you got that kind of water? Yes, I do. I got water that has an eternal effect on your life. So give me this water. So that I will never be thirsty again and I don't have to keep coming to this well. I will never be thirsty again and I don't have to keep coming to this well. Jesus said, go call your husband. She said, I don't have a husband. Jesus said, you didn't think I had a bucket. But I done dipped my bucket in your well. Oh, I got a bucket for you. And I'm dipping that water right out of your well right now. Go get your man. Go call your husband. I don't have one. He said, girl. He said, you sure are thirsty. He said, because... You'd had five. 
you must be parched. You done had five, and he said, and the one that you got right now, he ain't your husband. She said, oh, Lord. She said, uh, am I supposed to go to church over on that mountain or, or, or on this mountain? Because I'm just confused. He said, girl, don't change the subject. He said, you talk about where you go to church, what church you belong to. He's like, this ain't about being Catholic or Baptist or, or whatever. He said, no, no, no. He said, there's coming a point in a time where it doesn't matter what mountain you're on because it's not the mountain where you go. It's who you know holds the mountain. He said, because time is coming and now is it. They that worship God are not going to worship him because they're Church of God, because they're First Baptist, because they're Episcopalian, Wiscopalian, Methodist. None of that matters. Because to worship God is not a particular place. It's a mindset. It's an atmosphere. He said those that worship God are going to worship him. They must worship him in spirit and in truth. See, you cannot fix a natural problem with just spiritual stuff. Father, in Jesus' name, I rebuke the calories of this food. Thy fat demon come out of that cheeseburger. Fall in Jesus' name. I rebuke the gas bubbles from them beans. Can't, you get it? If it's in the natural, you can't solve it by being religious. Right? You can't do it. I, I've met some really ignorant people in this life. It's like the dude, I, I think I told you before, the dude that told me that, you know, uh, he already had a couple of kids and the wife was pregnant she was having a baby and this dude literally said because I don't even know how the conversation got I'm like well is that the uh, is that it for you guys you got three boys two girls what he says yeah, that's it I'm like what'd you do and he's like just gonna trust the Lord I'm like for what So she didn't get her tubes tied. He didn't get a vasectomy. And this dude actually said to me, I'm going to believe God. I trust God for everything. I'm like, dude, if you plant the seed, the law of uh, 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 sowing and reaping is going to happen. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. You can rebuke me all you want, but you plant that watermelon seed. It's coming up a watermelon. Guess what? Must have been the Lord's will because she got pregnant again. <laughs> this time, God changed his mind. She got her tubes tied. <laughs> Can't fix that. You know what I mean? Look at your neighbor. Plant the seed. Reap the harvest. That's the law of sowing and reaping, right? Jesus said, those that show mercy shall receive mercy. 
Those that forgive will be forgiven. Come on, talk to me now. <laughs> Those that give what? Compassion and mercy and hospitality. Get money off of your brain because that scripture had nothing to do with money. It had to do with forgiveness, compassion, and mercy. He said, those that show mercy, compassion, forgiveness, all that. He said, when you give that, he said, it's going to come back to you, running over, shaking down, pressed together. He said, shall men give unto your bosom? Let me tell you, there'll come a moment where you need forgiveness, so you better be a forgiver. There'll come a moment when you need some compassion. You and your little self-righteous self talking about, well, my kids won't never do that. Your kids going to wind up meaner than everybody else's. Shut up about your kids. If they're kids, if they're teenagers, they have the potential to be possessed. Right? I ought to know. <laughs> Absolutely. My kids been raised up in church. <laughs> and they're still mean, you know? God doing the work. Amen. Here's what I know. My, my Bible tells me that, that if, if I turn my heart to the Lord, not only will I be saved, but my household. And praise God, I'm standing on that promise, right? That's, that's my promise, right? Say, so, you know what? I just trust the Lord. God can save a mean kid. Look at your neighbor and say, Amen. amen. All right? It's true. Everything about what Jesus is saying to this woman is to get her to understand something. He says, girl, you're mighty thirsty. He says, you've been drinking a water that leaves you thirsty. See? I want you to hear it. The water you've been drinking, it always leaves you thirsty. See, if you try to fulfill happiness in life with all the things that you believe will make you happy, Sometimes you'll choose the wrong thing. Now listen, Proverbs 18, verse 14. The human spirit can endure in sickness. Now listen, but a crushed spirit, who can bear? Should you hear that? See, when you get sick in your body, your spirit can sustain your body. But what if you're sick in your spirit? Your spirit. Your spirit. Your body cannot sustain your spirit. Your spirit can sustain your body, but your body cannot sustain your spirit. And when your spirit is broken, which a lot of folks do not contribute that you can be sick in your body and also be sick in your head. Look at your neighbor and say, I've, I've experienced that. <laughs> Do you know that research has shown that a broken heart, a broken spirit can cause a heart attack? that it can lead to all kinds of chemical imbalances in your life. Do you know that stress is a killer? Right? And so when you're going through all of this and then you go to the natural, 
to try to fix something that is spiritual, I lose you. I lose you. When your spirit is broken, and now you turn to natural resources to fix that which is spiritual. When the only thing that is going to fix it is to understand that how you're trying to fix it is going to leave you thirsty again. And no matter how much alcohol you drink, no matter how much dope you smoke, no matter how much pills you take, you cannot fix a spiritual problem with a natural resource. You listening? All it's going to wind up doing is controlling you. Right? Because... Because that's not the water that Jesus is talking about. He's talking about a water that will cause you never to thirst again. If you keep trying to fix it with a natural, it won't happen. Right? And this is where we find the church. We find a lot of church people trying to solve their problems with a natural resource that was never meant. The only thing that it does is it puts a Band-Aid on it, but it's not a cure. Look at your neighbor and say, that's not a cure. Now listen, Proverbs 15 verse 13 says that a merry heart, everybody say, merry, merry, merry heart. I'll tell you, what a beautiful thing. Do Do you know that laughter is like a medicine? A happy heart makes the face cheerful. Everybody smile. Look at your neighbor, just give them a dose of medicine. Hey. Look at them. You see your neighbor, even if they're sad right now, you know, they come in with a bunch of problems and you're making them feel uncomfortable, but they're going, mm, it does feel pretty good. <laughs> Let's look at them again and go, hey. How you doing? Girl, you was up there, you was playing that guitar. Yes, you were. Look, she's already woke up. She's already been snoring a couple of times. <laughs> Look at her face. Look at you. Don't laugh. You were snoring too. <laughs> All right? Cheerful heart. Mary. All right? Who in the world? Look at that face right there. Son alive. That's, 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 I could just look at you and get healed. Yeah? <laughs> Look at that. Look at that grin. Look. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Look at that face. Wow. Look at that. Just make me feel all bubbly inside. Look at you. Right? It's something. It's something when you, look at that. Look at that face over there. Oh, my God, don't do that. It's like, yeah, cheerful, cheerful, cheerful face. Cheerful. Look at that. You ever seen people that are in love? Just see them walking, holding hands, you know? Ain't that something? You're like, oh, that's sweet. You know, oh, yeah, is that him? <laughs> oh, my mama done ratted you out, man. <laughs> so next time we go, we ain't going to sit on the front row. <laughs> All right. You ever seen that? And then you seen people in the mall that you know hated each other. Right? See the woman? She's 10 feet in front of him, and he's walking behind her. Like, what a marriage there, you know, marriage made in heaven, right? (laughs) See them go in the parking lot, 
You know, they're all going to the vehicle. Guys done jumped in the vehicle. He done cranked the car. Woman's trying to open up the door, and he's already pulling off. You know, she's screaming. Get you up, woman. What about the dude that you see? He's got his little suave going on, and, you know, he's so debonair. He goes, and he's over there, and, and then all of a sudden you see him walking around. He opens up the car door, and she gets in, and, oh, she feels so pretty. Shuts the door. He goes, and, yeah, you can see just in his strut. Yeah, that's my woman. I just put her in the car. <laughs> you ever notice that you can, talk, you, you, you can tell people's atmosphere, right? You ever, you ever seen them in, in line, and they're shopping? And, you know, you can tell that, you know, one of them don't want to buy. And they're like, you know, you're all, you know, you know, and see all that. You know what I'm talking about? See, the kid, you tell the kid, no, you can't have. The kid starts screaming. Right? But see, back in the day, you'd be screaming, but, but it wouldn't be because you wanted what you want. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Our family, if they told us no and we kept right on, oh, son alive. Lord have mercy. <laughs> oh, Beulah Mae will skin you up, buddy. <laughs> she will skin you up. Yeah. And she ain't going to talk to you all that much. Crazy women in the family. Ain't Juanita, Lord have mercy. You know, son alive. I, I used to think Ain't Juanita was possessed. She would just scare you. Yeah. It's scary. And grandma, half Cherokee. How you know? Because she'd be that. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> Go to the store, you got switch marks all over you, and everybody be pointing at you. Mm -hmm. And then they tell everybody what you did, right? Now you got to cover them up, and, you know, be scared to death, you know, like, ooh, got, got a little mark on them. You abused that child. They'd lock all our family. My family would still be in prison if that was the case. <laughs> Say amen. amen. Now, I don't believe in abusing children. You should never abuse a child. Somebody say amen. Don't get me wrong, right? But let me tell you something. There's nothing wrong with good discipline in a child's life. Come on. Say amen. <laughs> nothing wrong. Shouldn't. Beat that kid, shouldn't hit him in the face and all that kind of stuff. That's abuse, right? There's a place where God has always uh, intended, right? Put enough, put enough padding back there, it won't hurt him, right? Might sting a little bit, right? You don't discipline your child, somebody will. It's called the government. And their answer is to lock your child up. That's what it is. And they're going to rehabilitate him well if you shut your mouth and let us discipline our own kids we wouldn't have to put them in prison right and I'm talking about good godly discipline I ain't talking about crazy mess you know a kid needs to have some respect for his father at home for the mother at home and when kids start losing respect for their parents we got problems come on say amen he said, girl, you're thirsty. He said, that's the reason why you're sad. That's the reason why you have no joy. That's the reason why you're with this knucklehead right now and he ain't doing anything for you. You're just surviving. Let me tell you, as 
a person, somebody that loves the Lord, God doesn't want you just surviving. He wants you to thrive. Learning how to get this flow in your life is where we're going. So I'm taking my time. You understand? Getting us so we can get this flow. Because some of you are backed up. Spiritually, you're backed up. You're backed up. And there's no flow in your life. And if there's no flow in your life, you're not going to be good for yourself and you're not going to be good for anybody else. So we need to have a flow. I'm going to ask everybody, uh, come on up. I'm going to take this up next week. Proverbs 17, 22. You look at that real good. It says a cheerful heart is good medicine. Listen to this. But a crushed spirit, it dries up. Now say that word with me. The bones. Dries up your bones. See, how many of you believe that God can do anything? Right? The Bible says that the word of God is powerful. Somebody say that with me. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. The scripture tells us that Jesus is called the lion out of the tribe of Judah. Do you believe that? Do you believe it? How much do you believe it? I said he's called the lion out of the tribe of Do you understand that when Jesus stepped on the land, that the demons saw him and they began to tremble? That it is that same God that resides inside of you? The problem is, is that if there's no flow in your life, if you don't know what you've been filled with, then when the enemy sees you, it's like he's walking up to you and, and, and all he hears is, meow, 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 meow. All right? Well, you're, you're not, see, see, when you meet Christians and they have that meow spirit, that means you haven't quite got the flow yet. Because when the flow gets in you, it's no more you walking around with some little pitiful meow, meow. It's when the enemy sees you coming. He doesn't see you. He sees the lion that's inside of you. See, to, for you to believe that the enemy is scared of you is for you to be misinformed. The enemy is not scared of you. He is scared of what's inside of you. That's the flow. See, that's the flow. When that starts flowing in you, that is different. One of the things that God wants to do is he wants to break the meow spirit in some of you. Because life can beat you down to the, to the degree 
to where you don't feel like God is able to do what he said that he could do in your life. Can I tell you that he's the lion out of the tribe of Judah for a reason? He is. Stand to your feet. They used to, and I know it's a little bit strange.